Bitcoin Optimism The Bitcoin advocates say it can defeat the central bankers. It is an electronic currency invented in 2008 that is currently classified as a commodity like gold. This means that capital gains tax is due when it is sold. We know its structure is robust because it has been tested repeatedly by sophisticated hackers throughout its existence. If they were able to penetrate Bitcoin, the reward would be billions of dollars. The total number of Bitcoins has an absolute limit of 21 million, and about 19 million exist now. This is locked into the source code. Because the supply is limited, it cannot inflate. Bitcoin is outside of banks or other central control. It exists in thousands of computers worldwide, the most massive computer network ever built. Game theory says people hold more secure currencies and spend less secure ones. This means that the good ones cannibalize the inflating ones. This is so far proven true for Bitcoin, and its usage and price have increased for over a decade. It is the best growing asset class ever, and has appreciated faster than any stock in history. Hyperinflation destroys both the money and the economy. For example, the value of Venezuelan currency has wasted away. Shops there cannot get essentials and are left empty. The following chart shows what has happened to the dollar over the years as its value was purposefully destroyed. And have a look at that. The chart goes from 1900 to today. Gold has been used as money for millennia and is the oldest and best recognized store of value. Bitcoin has many similar features and some that are superior. These include portability and near-instant transferability. These two assets and real estate are the most likely to hold value against inflation. A simple technical analysis of scarcity called, quote, stock to flow is the ratio of the total stock of gold to the amount of new gold mined. Bitcoin is, quote, mined, with computers just like gold is mined in the earth. This analysis can be done for either asset, and the result is nearly identical. Bitcoin's price volatility is worrisome, but its trading volume is in the top five exchangeable currencies worldwide. It is used for settlements that are trillions of dollars each year, and this increases year over year. Worldwide Bitcoin transfers are about the same, as the huge Fedwire system. Their website says, quote, We are the premier electronics fund transfer service that banks, businesses, and government agencies rely on for mission-critical same-day transactions. Fedwire Fund Service participates, participants benefit from the finality of payments credited to their Federal Reserve Bank Master Accounts. Bitcoin has had no technical issues since 2013. Its development is slow, deliberate, and focused on security. Its secrecy is imperfect but being developed. People in inflation-prone countries have trouble finding stores of value to save their money and investments. Many instantly understand Bitcoin's promise, for they know that their currencies are like melting ice cubes. In notoriously corrupt Nigeria, for example, the central bank banned Bitcoin, but this is being ignored. 
They recently introduced a central bank digital currency, but it has yet to have much success against Bitcoin. Some countries peg their currencies to the U.S. dollar or actually use it. El Salvador has done this and is also the first country to make Bitcoin legal tender. Because of inflation, mimicking the dollar only works in the short term. Bitcoin's market cap, the total of all, all of it, is $321.8 billion, down from $1.2 trillion a year ago. In comparison, all the gold in the world is worth about $12 trillion. And the total of all stocks have a market cap of about $92 trillion. Savvy investors are trying to get a small percent of their holdings into Bitcoin as an inflation hedge and for its upside potential. Any portfolio that had a few percent Bitcoin has had far better returns over the past decade. Even if 1% of all stock funds became Bitcoin, its price would soar. There is a Bitcoin exchange traded fund, ETF, on the Canadian Stock Exchange and several U.S. stock proxies for holding Bitcoin. Alternatively, using wire transfers or credit cards, Bitcoin can be purchased directly from U.S. exchanges. Bitcoin ATMs that change cash to Bitcoin are in all major U.S. and European cities. Scandals and scams plague Bitcoin exchanges. For example, the fall of FTX destroyed billions of dollars in value. This has affected the price and the confidence, but it was only a tiny percent of the total market cap, and the system has withstood many problems like this before. More worrisome is the evidence that the FTX fraud was an active attack on Bitcoin using a con man who is a member of the psychopath club. All cryptocurrencies but Bitcoin are problematic. The second smartest guy in the room, the Substack post, states, quote, a simple crypto rule to live by. Any token or exchange that has a CEO, identifiable individual or development team associated with it is not real crypto. It's the antithesis of crypto. I've been warning for quite some time that all of these centralized exchanges are nothing more than grifting operations, IRS reporting nodes, and CIA black ops money laundering facilitators. Peter McCormick calls these S-H-I-T-C-O-I-N-S. Bitcoin transactions are slow. Applications such as Lightning Network are making Bitcoin faster, more scalable, and more accessible. Analyst Lynn Alden wrote a comprehensive article about this and its relationship to the currency, and I've left a link. The following is from her summary. Bitcoin started with a smart design from the beginning. It created an underlying digital gold and settlement network with a credible degree of decentralization, auditability, scarcity, and immutability so that no other network currently rivals. On top of that foundation, Lightning as a payment network is being developed and has reached a critical mass of liquidity and usability. A truly decentralized and permissionless payment network like Bitcoin requires its own underlying self-custodial digital bearer asset. If instead it runs on top of the fiat currency system or relies on external custodial arrangements at its foundation, then it is neither decentralized nor permissionless. Many cryptocurrencies that followed in Bitcoin's wake 
put the cart before the horse. They optimize for throughput and speed on their base layer at the cost of weaker decentralization, auditability, scarcity, and or immutability of the underlying bearer asset. As such, they failed to gain structural adoption as money and and rendered their high throughput irrelevant, especially since they were brought into existence in the shadow of Bitcoin's larger network effect. Volatility is inevitable along the fast path of monetization. A new money cannot go from zero to trillions without upward volatility by definition. And without upward volatility and with upward volatility comes speculators, leverage, and periods of downward volatility. The first couple decades of monetization for the network as it undergoes open price discovery to reach the bulk of its total addressable market should be different than the quote steady state of the network after it reaches the bulk of its total addressable market, assuming it is successful in doing so. Taxes on cryptocurrency transactions, as well as the lower supply inflation rate of bitcoins compared to fiat currencies, results in Gresham's law being applicable here. Most people in developed countries have an incentive to spend their fiat and hoard their bitcoin like an investment, at least in this stage of the monetization process. The exception is for the subset of people who specifically need Bitcoin or Lightning's permissionless nature for one reason or another, or for whom the majority of their liquid net worth is in it. People in developing countries, with higher inflation and weaker payment and banking systems in general, have more of a natural incentive to use Lightning as a medium of exchange earlier on in its monetization process. Indeed, adoption rates are rather promising in many of these regions. This isn't surprising considering that more people in developing countries have smartphones than bank accounts in aggregate. And I've listed resources. What Bitcoin Did podcast is the most popular one. And here's a few books. The Bitcoin Standard, Thank God for Bitcoin, Bitcoin, Hard Money That You Can't F-U-C-K With are all easy reads. And to figure out Bitcoin should take the average person about 20 hours.